Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. All that glitter and all that gold won't buy everything you've been bought and sold. Welcome to the new and improved Habs Unfiltered with Less Filter, hosted by Blaine Potvin, Matt Smith, and Treg Toxic Wilson. We provide you, our listeners, informative, honest discussion and entertainment about the Montreal Canadiens, hockey, and sometimes bad life advice. Stick around, we will be right back with a jam-packed and entertaining episode. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no names and players currently making a name. And welcome to the all new, less filtered, Habs Unfiltered. Starring Matt Smith. Good evening, guys. I'm going to try not to swear too much. Treg Toxic Wilson. What's up, guys? I'll probably swear a lot. And myself, Blaine Padvay, who will drop a couple of swear words here and there. Um, hopefully not too many, because we don't want to alienate too many people. Uh, for those who may not have noticed on social media... Uh, Treg and myself have uh, parted ways with All Habs and the Rocket Sports team. Uh, I want to take this time to send out my uh, my thanks to Rick Stevens and Amy Johnson from the All Habs team. Uh, they were they were good friends and mentors, but uh, at this point in time, I had I chose to go a different route. Um, it, it it has no it had nothing to do with anything other than just needing needing a little bit of change. So, uh, again, thank you to them. Thank you to the All Habs team. Uh, if, uh, if you want to go check out their content, it's allhabs.net. Uh, on Spotify, it's Rocket Sports Radio, um, the channel that this show used to be a part of, but we are now independent. We can choose our own times, we can choose our own topics, and our own guests, and today's guest is RMC's head coach, Richard Lim. He will be joining me in the second half of the show, and we're going to be talking about uh, OUA hockey, uh, RMC itself, and the rivalry game that they're going to be playing uh, later this month versus West Point. Fun stuff. Ooh, that'll be exciting. Yes. Uh, but this segment, we will begin with the new additions to the Montreal Canadiens, Marco Scandella, and some guy named, what was it, what's his name, uh, Koval, 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 Kovalchuk? No, never heard of him. I said that one right. Some guy from the Thrashers. Yeah. He's a new rookie. New rookie. 36-year-old rookie. I mean, I mean, not much can be expected of that guy. Maybe a point. Maybe. Maybe a goal here and there. He did have 14. 
He did have 14 points in L.A. before he parted ways. When he got bought out because he was no longer playing? Yeah, that well, yes, because yep. they told him to stay home, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I feel him. I, I, I know how that feels. So, but uh, Matt, what do you think? What do you think this whole new these new additions? Well, I'll start off with um, I'll start off with Cole Jack. Um, in my opinion, he's been arguably him and Suzuki have been the best players the last few games. Um, he's up. You know, I know this is a small sample size, obviously, with uh, with Cole Jack. But right now he's he's averaging uh, over 20 minutes a game, which is uh, you know really unheard of. I really didn't think that he'd have a, a chance whatsoever to be playing that much. But he stepped into a role. He's uh, he's playing on the top line. He's playing big minutes. And we saw the other night against uh, against Ottawa. He can he can still he can still bring it. He can still score the big goals. And uh, he looks like he's having a lot of fun out there. He's got four points in five games. He's producing. He's looking like he's having fun in the locker room. The guys are loving him. They're more or less starstruck by this guy. And um, he's showing that at his age, more than likely this is his last opportunity in the NHL. But depending on how things go for the rest of the season, if there's other injuries, if um, if the Canadians going on a losing streak, etc., this might be a player that could be flipped for uh, for a draft pick or a prospect at the deadline. What are your thoughts? Treg, what do you think? Uh, Kovalchuk has been a good surprise for me. Uh, I wasn't, he's pretty much, a, he's four points in five games. Uh, but he's also, uh, people forget, Kovalchuk is a big boy. He's not a small forward and he like he throws the body around and he has done that the uh, last few games. I think he's uh, been a pretty good mentor for a lot of guys in the room. Uh, you know, there, there was an interview with one of the players, I forget who it was not too long ago, who just said, Hey, just talking to him brings a smile to your face. Um, <clears throat> and the guys, uh, seem to enjoy having him around. He's uh, brought some life to the team, brought some life to the fan base. Uh, and I just think, uh, uh, with Kovacic, if he can maintain what he's doing and maybe I'm not going to say it's going to be a point per game and from now until the uh, trade deadline or the rest of the season. But if you could maintain somewhere close to that, uh, then yeah, I can see, I would see more of a draft pick than a prospect going our way. But uh, uh, maybe if they decide to even flip them, maybe, you know, maybe they don't. Uh, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be against them flipping them, getting a prospect and maybe coming back July 1st to see if they can sign them to a low contract to play, play uh, next season for for a year just to see how it turns out uh that's yeah. interesting that's interesting that's a good uh that'd be that'd be nice to see maybe uh depending on how he does um i kind of saw this as a complete no risk try if he if he came in and he sucked then pff, who cared right because the canadians are already on a free fall um and I wrote about this in my new piece on the hockey writers. Big old plug right there. Uh, I felt it was kind of a PR move. So it, it was. It was definitely a PR move. Yeah. It was. It was. It was one of two things, and that's why I said it. It reinvigorated the fans. The PR move is it got the fans not thinking about the eight-game losing streak, or the losing streak they were on at the time. And it got them thinking about this star player who everyone, when we were younger, when he was in New Jersey, wanted him in Montreal. Uh, but it also, it's working twofold because it's also helping the team. Well, and that's so, what I was going to, that was what I was getting yeah. at. So they had the PR move right off the top. Even if it didn't work, they had that bump for even a few days where people wanted to spend some money, buy some tickets, uh, maybe go into Seat Giant. .ca using the code unfiltered20 to get your discount. Uh, buying some tickets to the Canadians, maybe a concert, you never know. Shameless plugs. Um, and then it turned out that even with the with this adrenaline push, I guess, uh, with the new signing and the new uh, the new environment, he started playing well. They put him on a top line. He uh, he's playing 20 minutes a game. He's He's almost a point per game. He's, he's throwing the body. 
defensively, he's looked a lot better than what he's normally looked like throughout his career. Maybe this is his uh, his attempt to show that, hey, I can play hockey and not hurt your team, say on a third line for a, for a, uh, a team going for the cup. So my view of this is that by the deadline, I don't feel the Canadians are going to be in a playoff spot. So if he can hold on and play decent hockey right up to that point, uh, I agree with the both of you that they can trade him and flip him for a pick. Maybe, and this is this might be pushing it, maybe as high as a third if he can if he can keep up his his pace that he has now. Well, it's very much a pro, it's very much a possibility. Um, you look at his points right now, and as I said, it's only a small sample size. But he's got four points in five games. I look at the stats for the Canadians right now, and I'll look at someone that's injured, uh, Paul Byron. Paul Byron has a goal and three assists, just the same as Kovalchuk does, and Byron's played 19 games with the Canadians. Um, you yeah, look at the, Kukin- the difference between the two, though, is that Byron is known to be a lot better defensively. That's very true. Kovalchuk's also getting top-line minutes, top six minutes, while Byron was getting bottom six minutes. Absolutely, but you would still you'd still expect a little bit more out of someone like Byron, who's coming off twenty goal season, et cetera, et cetera. 100%. In my opinion, hundred. Oh, right? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah, and even um, even Kukaniemi, like yes, he's been injured. Yes, he's not playing the top minutes, but you know he's got he's got eight points in thirty two games. He's a bust. Oh <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's 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 a topic for Tuesdays. You can be toxic then. It is. I will bring that up on Toxic Tuesdays. <laughs> I don't really think he's a bust. I'm just that's just yeah, oh yeah. you know that's yeah. just but, Twitter for you. But going back to Kovalchuk, though, in my opinion, he's been uh, he's been a uh, kind of a breath a breath of fresh air to the lineup. He's uh, he's been good for the fans. He's been good for the media, and uh, he's been great for Brett Kulak, who got a uh, got a Rolex out of it. For that's giving true, up his, for giving up for giving up his number. And, and now uh, Blaine has a Kovalchuk jersey, not a Kulak jersey. Oh no, Kulak's name's still on it. So I don't know. Does that make it worth more? It no. could be. We can just put a piece of duct tape over and put Kovalchuk. Yeah. That's okay well, too. It's you can it's keep in a nice the K. Frame. You can keep the two Ks. Just have well, to put Kovalchuk over over cuck in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the autograph doesn't look like it. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll make something work. So what about Marco Scandella? In my view, um, getting him for what they got, uh, what they gave up a fourth. Essentially, they they moved back um, about one one round because they 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 got a fifth back in the Riley trade. So they gave up Riley and a fifth, or sorry, Riley and a fourth, and they got Scandella and a fifth. So they they upgraded defensively. They got they only moved back one. One round, and um, Scandell is a local. He's from Montreal, and he's someone that I don't know. Since he arrived in Montreal, the uh, penalty kill has climbed to ninety-four point one percent in his time. In those six games, they're at ninety-four point one percent, and over that time, they are third in the NHL. So I don't know. People call it a coincidence, but he is solid defensively. He is a local. Uh, the long-term view on this, I believe he's going to stay. And he is a uh, an insurance marker in case Romanov doesn't come over from Russia this if for the next season. Uh, what do you think, Matt? I completely agree with you. And uh, isn't Scandella like Sergio Mameso's nephew or something like that? Yes, as well? he is. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm thinking the same thing with Scandella. He's a local guy. And I can see him coming back as well, being that insurance policy for Romanov. They're going to, um, I think they're going to try to get him signed as, as, as soon as possible, obviously. But um, if it happens that he stays in, in Russia, or maybe that he's not quite ready to join the NHL, maybe he needs some time in the American Hockey League, Scandell is a good insurance policy. Um, you, look at, uh, you look at somebody like uh, Sherratt, who a lot of people looked at and said, you know what the what the hell? Why would you give this guy three and a half million dollars? We're seeing that he's he's taken off. Like he's playing some really good hockey. 
he's uh he's got you know guy's got 15 points he's a defensive defense but he's got 15 points with uh with seven goals like where where did this come from um and i i i'm, I'm not gonna say that scandela is gonna put up big offensive numbers but if he can be sound defensively he's gonna be a big upgrade um he's gonna be a big big upgrade over someone like um you know a mike riley that was just traded to uh to the sends or someone like Foland or someone like that. And yeah, I can see him. I can see him coming back and he's, he's not going to be making as much as obviously he is right now, but uh, for a guy to come in who's just playing for the Sabres, he's averaging more than three minutes more a game. He's playing with Petrie and or um, flurry. He's a guy that can block shots. He can, he can throw the body. And be just sound defensively, and right now that's what Montreal needs. Carey Price needs somebody in front of him that can help clear the net, let him see these shots. And we saw the other night with uh, with the uh, with the shutout victory. If uh, if Price can see the puck, he's going to stop it. And what it does is it uh, it, it puts an end to the Riley Folan era. So those Absolutely. two are no longer the depth defensemen. Now the depth defenseman is Brett Kulak who last year showed great things and he's playing an up and down season this year. But if he's if he's brought in as the seventh D man, that's a huge, huge upgrade over what they had just last year. So Absolutely. that that puts people in the right positions and improves defensively. Uh, and if Romanov does sign, that means uh somebody's gonna have to go. Uh if they do keep Scandella. So is it Kulak that goes in the offseason? Will it be Mete that's traded for something to improve the team elsewhere? What, uh, I don't know. Uh, what, do, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Treg? Oh, okay. I, was just, I didn't know if I could speak. Uh, no, you can't. You're done. I'm kidding. So, Matt? Uh, <laughs> go, go ahead, Treg. I'll tell you. you. You're allowed to have some time. Filibuster. All right, thank you. Filibuster. Filibuster. Uh, the... Uh, I don't even know what I was going to say now. Thanks. No, and uh, Scandella, he, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Scandella's going to make it past the trade deadline if Montreal's out of it. Uh, I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, it, it's, it's, but they, they could re, again, he's a guy that they could lose at the trade deadline and re sign in the offseason. Um, but, uh, I kind of agree. He is an insurance for Romanov, although I do think Romanov's going to come over. Maybe that's just more of me hoping. Um, uh, I, you know, all right, I'm going to start shitting on Mete now, but I think, uh, if he stays, I think Mete's the guy going because I think Mete brings the best value back. Like if they're going to trade someone or get rid of someone, I think they're going to get more from Mete. And I don't think Mete's the type of guy that uh, you want to keep up in the press box. Like Kulak, since he's been doing it this year and really, you know, I don't know. I just think Mete, if they're going to get rid of Mete or Kulak, even though I'd rather, I think Mete's a better defenseman than Kulak, uh, I think for a spot defenseman like what the seventh guy is going to be, I think Kulak's better fitted for that situation than Mete, and you're going to draw more of a uh, a trade partner or more of a uh, uh, more back in the trade if you, if you get rid of Mete. Uh, another thing I'll say about Scandella is when it comes comes to pk the pk is 23 of their last 25 and uh when with scandela there i think it's more of not so much get scandela is that much better well he is but that you get kulak and riley off of the pk so you know just him being there makes gets that one guy who hasn't really been great on the pk off the ice so uh which kind of go coincides with what you were saying so i think uh with kovalek Kovalchuk and Scandella both coming to the team and it reinvigorates the team. It strengthens the defense, but you still don't have that puck moving defenseman on the left side that we kind of need. So you're still going to have to fill that role. And I don't think Romanov is going to be that big of a puck moving defenseman. I think, well, he could be, I think he's going to be, if he's turned out like Markov, great. But if he turns out at Emelin, that's good too. Uh, I'm, I'm mixed in between a what, Romanoff is going to bring to the game. I mean, we can talk about that later, but what Romanoff, what kind of game Romanoff is going to bring, and we still need that puck-moving defenseman, whether we keep Scandella or get Romanoff or not, in my opinion. Matt? Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's really hard. As, as of right now, it's really hard to say what Romanoff's going to bring. Um, 
you know, as I said with Scandella, he's going to give you a sound minutes defensively. I'm not going to really expect very much from him in, the, in an offensive perspective. But um, as you said, if you take Kulak out of the mix, you take Mete out of the mix, you take Riley out of the mix. When it comes to on your P, uh, your penalty kill, you've now got Weber, Petrie, Scandella, Sherratt, and Fleury. Five guys with size that will throw the body around. That will and that's what you shot. need on the PK. Exactly. They'll clear, they clear the front of the net. Absolutely. And we've seen that Fleury can really, if he really wants to, he can he can clear you out of the way. Well, look look what he did to Luchik. Yeah, and Ronaldo. And Ronaldo on the same shift. And Ronaldo. Yeah, on the same shift. He, you know, he made Luchik look like last year's cutting an Emmy when he got hit. Oh yeah, he's a baby face assassin. That's what we're calling him. <laughs> baby face assassin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, um, so uh, what I want to pose to you guys is this. Uh, once everyone comes back, what's going to happen? Are, are we looking at uh, mass exodus uh, come trade deadline? Or, uh, you know, because Joanne is going to come back. Byron, I don't know. that He had a setback with his knee, so maybe not. But he was expected to be back by the, uh, by the All-Star break, so we'll say by the deadline. Um, Armia might be back next game. Armia be, it might be back soon. Uh, Gallagher, maybe by the deadline, just to give him a little extra time. So there's four top nine players. Um, the defense is going to stay unchanged because it's, the blue line's actually pretty healthy. Uh, but what do you guys think this is going to do come deadline? Are, are we looking at a mass exodus? Uh, are we looking at a bit of a mini sell-off? Uh, what, what do you think, Treg? Um. I don't think you're going to see Bergman do a whole lot, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think Tatar, Tatar, Tatar and Petrie are leaving. Uh, if if they do, I think it's going to be at a high. I think he's going to ask a high price for them because they still got a year left. Uh, there's, you know, Tatar's our leading scorer. Petrie's, you know, one of our top. He's not having the season he had last year, but he's one of our top defensemen. And uh, so I truly, I don't think he, unless something really, really good comes his way. Uh, Pierre Lebrun said today that he has no intention whatsoever of trading Weber or Price. Um, some people say we heard that before, but I think this is different. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. I don't think there's going to be huge moves. And if there are, I don't think it's going to be for major players. I just don't. Like maybe, like I say, maybe Kovalchuk and Scandella. Maybe if someone's looking for a cup run, uh, but I don't. Uh, I don't really see him doing a whole lot. I just don't. What about you? Uh, what about you, Matt? I'm with Treg. I don't. I can't see him making big deals. Um, guys like Tatar, in my opinion, aren't going anywhere. Uh, some people actually started even talking about Domi because he's an RFA next year, saying that they could flip him for assets. He's not I'm going sorry. anywhere. I'm sorry. Was that me laughing? <laughs> uh, that's I, I. I said the same thing, and I thought yeah, I, I heard thing. the Domi for Nurse thing. Is what? Yeah, I, heard. I saw that too. Oh, that yeah. kind of no. That kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not just. I'm not going to pay attention to this one. But um, my opinion, Tatar's not going anywhere. Domi, uh, Philip Deneau, any of these guys, they're not going anywhere. Um, the guys I can see moving, if it comes down to making a move. To better the team because you're not making the playoffs. I'm looking at someone like Nate Thompson. Yep. Who can definitely help out a fourth line, can bring that veteran presence to a lineup, even a, even a lineup that's already has a veteran presence. You put in a guy like that, and you can you see what he brings to the room. You know he'll he'll bring back a draft pick, or even even someone like um, Nick Cousins. He's a cheap contract. He can play up and down the lineup. He can play any forward position. He's an expiring contract as well. You move either of those guys, you're going to get something back. But I think, in my opinion, Thompson has the uh, Thompson has more value. Uh, defense will stay the same um, as well. I, I just think if he, I, I agree with Matt there. If he's going to move anyone, it's going to be especially when all these guys from injuries come back. Because when all these guys from injuries come back, and with the way Paling's playing at the NHL level, like the last week or so since he's been up. Actually, since he's been recalled, he just got his first point, but he 
people got to stop just looking at points at the way a player is playing. Because I thought Paling, since his re- last recall, has been playing great hockey. Like yeah, for the minutes he was fast. playing. He's uh, he's strong. He he wins he wins his yeah. puck battles, the fifty fifty battles along the boards. He's winning most of those. He's he's going to the front of the net. Uh, he's battling in front of the net. He he's doing all those little things that uh, a power forward does, and that's right. exactly what the Canadians have been missing. Uh, he could be the next Shane Corson for the yeah. Canadians. I to- I totally agree, and I think he should stay on the wing. I'm I'm fully sold on him being a winger. Uh. But I think with him coming and with all these injuries coming back, now you got Cousins, Wheel, Paling, almost pretty much a whole fourth line that you're. Where's everyone gonna? Where's everyone gonna go? If you keep Kovalchuk, he's not gonna play on the fourth line. No, Byron's not. I mean, Byron, you're gonna. You basically have Byron and Armia on the fourth line as your wingers. Yeah. With Thompson in the middle, so Paling could play the middle on the fourth line. But because when Druin comes back, when Gallagher comes back, when uh, Armia comes back, they're all top six. They're all top six players. Absolutely. Right. So that means Lekkonen's going to drop to the third line. Kovalchuk's going to drop to the third line, which means, uh, you know, Byron and Armia got to go somewhere. And Armia shouldn't be on a fourth line. No, not at all. So. I can see him returning back with uh, with Domi, with Domi. Uh, Domi and Drouin, maybe. Domi and Drouin will be your second. There's your second line: Gallagher, Tatar, and uh, Dano. Your first line. Yeah. And then you got Lekkonen. I'd say Suzuki and Kotinemi as as your third line. Hard to say. Well, here's the way I see it: the top line uh, it will be brought back together once Gallagher comes back. Yeah. By the Absolutely. deadline, so that's that's set. The second line, I see uh, Drouin on there with uh, Suzuki and Domi. The third yeah, line I will be the finish that. line again. And the fourth line, uh, Paling will be there. Um, but at the deadline, I see guys like Kovalchuk, Thompson, Wheel, Cousins. All of them are expendable and could net you a couple of picks. So why not just get rid of them? I don't see anything happening at the blue line. I don't see Scandella leaving because he is that insurance marker and... That that leaves the the door open for something to do in the summer if they want to use Mete say in a draft day deal to move up into the first round. You know, you'd use a couple of seconds in Mete, you can move up. Um, and, and I I say this because I do honestly believe they look at Romanov as their next uh, their their solution to that left side defenseman issue. Oh, um, definitely, definitely. Because but they, but they probably look at him like the next. Uh, the next Konstantinov, you know, from the Red Wings back in the back in the nineties. Uh, oh, I get, I I get, but I don't know if he's. It, I'm stuck between is he going to be an Emelin or is he going to uh, uh, an improved Emelin or a Markov? Well, and you, that's if, why that's why I mentioned Konstantinov. He's kind of a yeah. mix of the two, right? He plays yeah. he plays that physical two way style, and he can move the puck and skate well, and he he had a, a good first pass. So th- I I think. He kind of fits in with that Konstantinov uh, style of hockey. So they look at him and they say, yeah, that's our solution. He may not play top pair minutes, but they look at him as an upgrade on Mete. And if they can move Mete for something that'll help move him into a first round or um, improve up front, uh, I think they'll do it. And right I mean, now, he's the, he's the best chance that they have at the left, on the left side right now. A lot of people yeah. have said... That Brook can that Brook can move then play on the left, but Brook's not NHL ready. No, and he's he's still at least another year in the AHL. Absolutely, he's also a right-hander that plays on the left. That's right. He's a he's a he's a, he's a right-handed defenseman that just plays on the left, and I think they want a natural left-handed defenseman over there that can move the if, puck if they if they can. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, right now, the way I look at it is Romanov, even though he's not even in the NHL, is the most NHL-ready defenseman that they don't have in the NHL right now. In, in their... in their uh, Out of their prospect pool. Out of their prospect pool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, that's nothing <laughs> against Brook, but... Brook know. just needs more time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I thought Brook was going to be the guy this year, but it ended up being Flurry, and I'm okay with that. So that, that kind of stuff happens that, that there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we'll, uh, we'll end that segment here. Um, 
I I'll end it saying that uh, if anybody wants tickets to the Canadians or tickets to a concert, go to SeatGiant.ca and use the promo code Unfiltered Twenty. That promo code will get you a discount at checkout. So we are helping you get entertained. Yes. Shameless plugs. There's nothing shameless about plugs. I've seen your hair. (laughs) I don't have plugs. (laughs) (laughs) Or do you? (laughs) Yeah. I'm using Rogaine like Jose Theodore. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Uh, Okay, fellas. So. Um, we're going to take a commercial break and when we come back on the other side uh, it's going to be Coach Richard Lim of the RMC Paladins uh, talking to us all about the rivalry game against West Point, a Division 1A NCAA college hockey team stick around do you have a problem getting big city slams? are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergie Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Today. Not a real product. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain hand. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want to loyalty, buy a dog. And welcome back to Habs Unfiltered. I am joined now by the head coach of the RFC Paladins, Richard Lim. How's it going, Richard? Uh, really good, Lane. Uh, great Monday morning here uh, in Kingston. So, you know, but otherwise things are looking up. Well, that's good. Um, so, what my listeners may not understand why, being a Habs Central show, I'm bringing on someone from the Royal Military College of Canada. Um, the two hosts, as our listeners know, myself and uh, and Treg Wilson, are both in the Royal Canadian Navy, and we both play sports with the military. And I thought it would be an excellent time to have our listeners hear from you, and uh, who you you coach at a high level. You guys are in the OUA, uh, and you're competing against other colleges and universities throughout uh, Ontario and Quebec. So. Can you give us a little bit of a background on your program? Uh, absolutely. And uh, one little uh, tidbit that might actually tie in uh, some interest to your listeners. We actually have uh, Kirk Muller's nephew on our team, uh, Matthew Muller. He's a fourth-year engineering student here at RMC and one of our defensemen on the team. So there is a little bit of Habs content here at, uh, at RMC. And <laughs> well, it is Kingston, so there's always going to be a little bit of a touch of Habs. But that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's news I didn't know of. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a little bit about our program. I mean, uh, as you touched on, we play in the OUA, uh, which is one of the three conferences in sports. So 20 university teams uh, within the OUA, 10 in the East, 10 in the West. Um, and, yeah, we, we play a 28-game season, um, starting in first week of October, going into February, and then playoffs, uh, and then finally ending uh, in national April with uh, teams from the other three, other two conferences, um, Canada West and the AUS of uh, the Maritimes. Um, typically, uh, our, our program, it's, we hate to use it, but it, it's sort of uh, the buzzword still, um, or buzz phrase, I guess, is, you know, we're one of the hidden secrets of uh, hockey within Canada. Um, most of our players are all ex-major junior guys, um, if not all tier two players that just didn't get a D1 scholarship or decided to take uh, a Canadian education over the American education. Um, lots of ex-pros that are coming back after a year or two uh, trying to make it the minor pro have come back and, and played in our league. Um, and then that being said, a lot of the major junior players and, and um, not even graduates from, from our level, but they play one or two years here and then they jump into the AHL or head overseas to play pro. So, it's a very competitive league. Um, skills top end. Uh, we're trying to compare it to, you know, um, for the, the major junior fans, uh, the CHL fans. Uh, they're older, stronger, bigger, faster. 
than uh, what you'll see at a CHL game. So definitely a hidden gem. Um, probably the best bang for your buck if you're able to get out to see a game uh, in your local markets. Now, a big difference with uh, with RMC versus other universities in Canada is what you can offer. Uh, because to join your program, you also have to join the Canadian Armed Forces. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, all of our members are uh, in the Canadian Armed Forces, whether they're um, through the ROTP program um, as officer cadets, or we do have a few reservists um, that are also taking classes. And uh, all of our members are within the Canadian Armed Forces, so definitely uh, a different university experience than your typical student athlete. Uh, not only do they have to balance academics as well as athletics, uh, there's a military component in there. Um, so it's. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a higher calling or a different calling uh, compared to uh, you know our our rivals down the street at Queens. Uh, that's a little bit busier, but you know it sets them up well. There's a ton of great benefits um, as far as being in the Canadian Forces after and while you're at the school. Um, you know, full healthcare. The guys are getting paid. Um, there's tuition doesn't cost anything. So lots of great benefits for our guys. They definitely take advantage of it. And you know, our, our team uh, they definitely enjoy their time here at Army State. Yeah, and uh, I do get to uh, to meet some of the more polished graduates of the school once they uh, they make it out to the coast and they start playing hockey with us old timers out here, and they definitely put us to shame. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's uh, it's something our program now. Uh, I'm a graduate of here from uh, 2011, and um, even when I talk to alumni that I played with, uh, the guys. I think it's just hockey in general, the younger generation, they're so skilled now. Um, and our teams, our program's taking steps forward in the right direction over the last you know, six, seven years, where we are a different program. We're deep, we have some top-end talent, um, and, and we're competitive day in, day out. Um, you know, sometime when I was around, there were nights where, you know, if we could keep it within a few goals, uh, it was a good night. Whereas now... Uh, in the last couple of seasons that we expect and uh, are in every game. Yeah, because when you took over the program a few years ago, uh, you took over from a team that hadn't won a game. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, yeah, I, I was able to come in and not have a lot of expectations, so it was a good time for uh, a little bit of a culture change in the dressing room and uh, to be able to sort of implement uh, my structure and my thoughts on the program. And, you know, uh, here we are five years later, and you know, we're still trying to get better and be more competitive and be a, uh, a consistent playoff team. Well, you guys currently, uh, as the standings are right now, you're knocking on the door of the playoffs. Um, do you, how close do you feel that your your program's at right now? Uh, we're, we're right there. We're right there. I mean, two years ago, we tied for the last playoff spot, lost in the tie break. There's a little bit uh, of confusion as one of the teams forfeited a bunch of games with an ineligible player, and it cost us our playoff spot. Um, but uh, we've been right there for the last three seasons. We just need to jump over the hump, and uh, it's no different than when we when we were coming off that losing season. Um, the first couple of years, we we didn't know how to win hockey games. We were in a lot of ho- we we're getting into a lot of hockey games. We lost a lot of one goal, two goal games, um, but we we're always waiting for the other foot to drop, and it cost us winning games. And we're in the same spot here as far as getting into that playoffs, making that push on uh, winning some games that we need to win. Um, right now, we just we haven't been able to do it. We're close, so uh, it's a real important stretch here uh, heading into the last uh, last. Season. Now, there's uh, there's another unique aspect of playing at RMC that uh, most universities don't get an option to do, and that's you guys have a uh, a long-standing friendly rivalry with uh, West Point down in the United States, and you guys uh, play a. An exhibition game once a year against each other. Can can you give my listeners a little bit of background on on that rivalry matchup? Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're we're very fortunate. The college we we get to play in actually two historical hockey games. Uh, the one uh, the first one is the Car Harris game against Queens, the rivalry game we played them. Um, it's the longest standing hockey rivalry in the world um, that we play a uh, a game to uh, to memorize that, and then. Uh, the Challenge Challenge Cup uh, with West Point is the longest international hockey rivalry in the world. So, um, you know, it, it's something that has been around since uh, the early 1920s. Um, and, it, and it's a really cool 
experience for for our program um, to be able to not just play another NCAA team, but uh, another military academy. Um, you know, use the word friendly. I don't think there's anything friendly about it on ice. Uh, for that for that 50 minutes, it's uh, it's intense. Guys yeah, want to win a lot of school, school uh, pride. There's a lot of alumni pride. Um, it's something you know. This week, uh, I'm looking at my inbox. I already had three emails this morning at 10 a.m. Uh, Monday morning from alumni about our game on Saturday. <laughs> so my inbox will be filled all all week here from alumni. Um, you know, our school's all behind it. It's a really cool experience. Um, so yeah, it, the game itself, and then just for the guys to rub shoulders with. You know, I, I hear from alumni that they'll be deployed in Afghanistan and bump into an American officer that they start chatting and they played against each other in, in this game. You know, a dozen years ago, um, it, it's a pretty cool experience to, to have something so meaningful with so many great people that have been involved in the program, both programs, and then to know that you know that. Those are those are brothers in arms that uh, that guys could see anywhere in the world at any point on a, on deployment doing their jobs. Now, um, the players no longer no longer have that uh, that that rooming style. This year, RMC is hosting. Uh, are you trying to get the two teams to kind of uh, meet up with each other through the weekend after the game or before the game? Um, it, it's it's tough with their scheduling, just with it being mid-season, um, with how much school we already miss, like both schools miss um, academically with our with our in-season schedule. It's tough to do the the two or three days that we need to to do a rooming thing such as that. Because West One will be coming up uh, Friday afternoon, uh, so they get into a Friday late night, and then Saturday we have our game, and then the first thing Sunday morning. Um, so it, it is tough. I mean, obviously, um, makes a little difference here as well with the the different rules that you know that uh, West Point cadets have as far as being allowed off campus and whatnot. Um, it's a little different. Um, just and culture, it's it's also a tough climate for coaches nowadays as well when we go on the road with our <laughs> players. Um, with social media and everything else, it's a lot different than. Uh, in past years where, you know, players can go out and, and mingle and stuff and if they're off campus when the rules maybe say that they aren't allowed to be off campus, but uh, no one was the wiser for that weekend. Um, it's something that uh, Coach Riley and I have definitely discussed. We, you know, we'd love to do a little bit more of a social aspect. It's just a matter of time. Um, time and the travel the last couple of years, uh, we had actually planned to meet down there and both years we went down to West Point, uh, we've been hit by an ice storm, so it sort of put wrench into our plans. But uh, yeah, it's something that we're, that we're constantly talking about and trying to make uh, the experiences uh, as awesome for our players as possible. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, now, so the game itself, it's uh, it's going to happen on the 18th of January. Um, RMC's hosting. So um, what kind of... Uh, what kind of pressure are the alumni going to put on the team when they're at the rink? <laughs> well, they'll they'll be loud. Uh, we're having an alumni game during the day, um, and then a big uh, alumni dinner uh, before the game across the street at one of the one of the messes. So I think we're going to be the alumni. There'll be fifty to sixty uh, alumni in town in the house the game, which is a big group for uh, for our group in Kingston. They'll be loud. They'll be loud, and so the cadet body and. Um, it's not so much the pressure, it's uh, it's good for our guys. They, they enjoy the, the big crowd, the noise, the atmosphere. It, it really does help uh, get guys into the game as opposed to some of our uh, mid-season games that, you know, the crowds aren't always there after a long bus trip or whatnot. So it'll be uh, very enjoyable for the guys. They love it. It's definitely a day that we circle right at the start of the year. It's something that everyone's looking forward to. In the game itself, uh, the Army holds a bit of a an advantage on the uh, the wins with RMC's record against Army in the last few years. How how have they fa- how have you fared against them? Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I think the last time we won was O two, and then we got a final six. Um, and then yeah, it's been absolute dominance by uh, West Point over us. Um, I mean, Coach Riley definitely has their program headed in the right direction. Uh, this year, they're a nationally ranked top 20 team in NCAA, um, so they're they're good again this year. Um, the lo- 
but that being said, the last couple of years have been real close games. Um, I mean, you know, a few years ago, we lost by one uh, late in the third year up in Kingston. Last year, we had a 2 1 lead going for the last 10 minutes uh, of the game down in West Point, and you know, we found ourselves shorthanded for the last uh, last eight minutes, including two five on threes. And, you know, you give West Point opportunities like that, you know, they're, they're going to make you pay. So, um, definitely, uh, the games have been real competitive. They're close. Um, and, you know, this year, I expect nothing uh, but, but the same with a, a close game. And hopefully, we can uh, break that streak that uh, Coach Riley and the uh, and the Knights have uh, against us right now. Now, down the stretch for for your regular season, uh, there's not much time left. Uh, what What is your plan going forward to get your team over the hump? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, actually, this, this West Point weekend sort of comes at a good time. Uh, so we, we had a real busy start to the second half. We played uh, five games, seven games. Um, and we didn't have the outcome that we wanted. Uh, we just got back in the direction. And, you know, we, we didn't play great. So West Point comes at a real good time here where we can hit the reset button. Um, we have a long week here where we get uh, an extra day of practice with us only playing Saturday night, no Friday game. So we can get back to the basics uh, and really sort of take a breath and not have to hit the panic button. Um, like if we're playing a couple of regular season games this weekend, it's a quick turnaround while we're sort of getting fragile. So. In the West Point game, getting a couple extra bodies into lineup, up to get healthy, um, really helps us reset. Here. You know, we look at our schedule, and there's uh, we got uh, five games left that uh, are all teams that we've had competitive games with and that we could beat. So we're definitely just taking it one step at a time, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can get on a little bit of a, a heater here and head in the right direction. Well, Coach, uh, are any of these uh, these young men on your team? Now, this is more of a selfish question on my part. Are are they in the Navy, and are they coming out here to uh, start kicking the butts of us old timers? <laughs> uh, what do we have? I think we have we have uh, three three guys that are in the Navy right now. So one's driving this this year, Seamus Wire is a logistics officer. So um, he'll be out there at some point once he does some logistics training and. Uh, Definitely, uh, we'll be skating circles around some guys. He, uh, he's one of the guys that he's recruited to be an NCAA runner. His DO2 max is something insane. His battery doesn't stop, so he'll be a he'll be a great um, base player for many years to come <laughs> just because of his conditioning. Oh, can't wait to have him take my spot. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. Um, so, coach. Um, just to give our listeners a little bit of the background, a little bit more background on on the people that you have on your team, not hockey, but uh, in general, uh, outside of hockey, can you give us a little bit of an idea of the the level of character that would be on that team? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, typically, typically our hockey team, uh, we are a little bit older than the rest of the chat, uh, just because they go and play junior hockey, um, but. Typically, our guys are coming at 20 years old, so they're, they have a little bit of life experience compared to some of the cadets that come straight out of high school. Um, they've typically lived away from home already, and right now on our we have 15 players that all wore letters as captains on their junior team. So we, we definitely try and recruit uh, guys that with leadership qualities that are deep character guys. Um, both within their community and their, obviously their hockey team. So, all right, coming in, uh, it's tough every year to pick uh, leaders. Um, I mean, they, they've already started with that leadership background, and then, with, of course, uh, at the college with some of the military stuff and uh, the leadership training they do, it just seems to grow and grow. Um, you know, it's one of the things that I'm really proud about is the culture of our team. I mean, I, I know it's an old cliche that coaches use for recruiting and talking is how good their uh, team culture is. I mean, it's something that uh, I honestly believe in here is our leadership group since I've taken over has been awesome year to year, and our our group is very, very close. Um, with us being at RMC, all, they live on campus all four years, so they see each other day in, day out. Um, they eat meals together. Uh, it's, it's awesome. So they, they really, it is a family in the dressing room. 
Um, and then our guys uh, outside of hockey, uh, they're, we expect them to be involved as top cadets over at the college. So we have cadets in leadership positions. We have uh, players that are organizing fundraisers, volunteering for different um, OPI positions. So uh, chances to be in charge of different events going on at the college. Um, it's We're pretty happy with how involved our, our players are uh, with our school community. Well, Coach, uh, I really want to thank you for your time. Uh, I know you're busy, so uh, I'm going to let you get back to uh, to planning your uh, your plan of attack. Um, and was there was there anything else you wanted to uh, to plug for the college? Uh, no, just uh, maybe not just so much for the college, but uh, any fans out there to get a chance to uh, go see a local OUA or sports game, definitely get out and check it out. Uh, I promise you, you will not be disappointed with the on ice product. Well, thank you very much, Coach, and uh, again, good luck with the rest of the season. I am going to be cheering for you guys. Thanks a lot, Blaine, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. And that's our show for this week. Thank you for listening, and a very special thanks to RMC head coach Richard Lim for his time, and always remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.